I'm Frederick Curtin, and I'm the filmmaker. And I'm Leilani Farha, and I'm the advocate. Good morning, Canada. Good how do morning. you have? Is like it, how is it? Is like it, is it snow, icy, or is it summery? What is it? You, you mm. have a very strange climate up there, don't you? We do, but it's uh, blue sky, brisk, a little bit chilly in the morning, but by afternoon, twenty degrees. Wow, it's pretty and nice. brisk. That's like you know, my English is a little bit. Not so sharp, so brisk. What does it mean? That's why I said chilly afterward. It's a brisk and chilly is the brisk, same thing. It's sort of the same good. thing. Yeah. It's good we, because we're going to talk about language. Uh, uh-huh. Not English, okay. Swedish or Spanish or so, but this kind of this lingo that is used by people with power to make the rest of us feel stupid. This is something I guess you've been up to a lot when you were the, the UN Special Rapporteur on Adequate Housing. You met governments around the world, you met the financial sector, and you had to face this all the time, the language. I did. I had to learn a whole new language, or at least pretend I could speak a whole new language. If you can't speak the financial lingo, you're not welcome to their parties, I guess. Well, I think that's right. I think they use language to keep us out. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, so I had the language of human rights. That I know pretty, I'm pretty fluent. That's good. But I, when I started doing all this research into financialization, honestly, well, there, there's the first word. Financialization. <laughs> yeah, half when the I, world can't even say it. And the thing is, when <laughs> I started to make this film, and then I actually found you... Uh, I've been following you on Twitter, but I've, it was actually that word, financialization. I, it took me like a year to learn to pronounce it, fi- financialization. 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 Yeah. So it took me some time to, to pronounce it and a little bit more to understand it. But that was the thing that, okay, shit, here is something I didn't know about. So yeah. that's how. And then we you got went and made a whole film about it. I made a whole Push. film about it, <laughs> and I still and I still can't really explain it. So I'm, that's because you know we we the artists we are a little bit <laughs> soft and stupid. So it's okay, that's okay. But we made a poster, and I mean the amazing Rebecca Mendes in Los Angeles, the designer who has been doing my the artwork for my films. I gave her a lot of sent words to put, to make into the to the poster, mm-hmm. and these are like kind of normal words: asset, profit, bidding war, investment, poverty, gentrification, market, property. That's like normal stuff, but it's mostly. Yeah, it's stuff that that is float market. I live by a market. You know, they sell they sell tomatoes and. <laughs> Right now in, in, in autumn, it's beautiful, I tell you. It's really nice. Um, but when they talk about market, they talk about something completely different. And completely they te- different. And something and you it, can't see or visit. No. And they tell, <laughs> <laughs> and they tell us that the market is, is the ruler. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. market. As, if it's, it's the as m- if it's something unto itself. As if yeah. it exists unto itself. Yeah. So I think market is something we could question a bit mm-hmm. market is sometimes what they decided to be you know they 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 said 
there's not enough housing, we need to build more. And the prices go up because there is a demand for more houses. But we have now in our podcast and in, in Push to Film the show, no, there's a lot of houses out there. Mm -hmm. But they have taken a lot of houses out of the market. Or what they call the markets. <laughs> People talk about the market as if it exists on like all by itself, like it's some entity, living, breathing entity, like a mm -hmm. person almost. But markets, as you just said, are created by governments and by influencers, in particular in my area. Well, now private equity firms, insurance companies, pension funds, as well as real estate people in the real estate industry, developers, etc. They're real, creating the market. Real estate. What is that? Mm. I mean, you're, you're, you're <laughs> at least English speaking. What is real and what is estate? Real? No, it's not fiction. It's not fiction. Okay. You should know something about that. You're a documentary filmmaker. That's true. That's true. Real. And estates. Well, that's like, you know, land and um, an area in which you live, an estate. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So but no, it's, you, you, it's you, real. You actually <laughs> dropped one more thing, and that was private equity. Mm. Private equity. That's what, you know, Blackstone, they are a private equity fund. Also a hedge mm. fund. It's like, and some other people call them a vulture fund. I know. They're Do you know vulture. the difference between the, the three? Private uh, equity, vulture, and hedge? Who is the global expert on, on housing? <laughs> 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 I'm just a filmmaker, you know. So what is private equity? Well, yeah, what is private equity? Well, as I understand it, and we can take Blackstone because they're the private equity firm I've looked at most closely. But what they do is they take other people's money, not their own money, mostly not their own money. And uh, by other people's, it's really institutional money. So it ends mm -hmm. up being money from pension funds that are looking, you know, to grow the pension fund, money from insurance companies, you know, insurance companies have a lot of money, um, and money from other institutional. Um, I actually checked it up in a, in a uh, dictionary. Private yeah. equity is capital invested in a company or other entity that is not publicly listed or traded. Yeah. But mm. I think that's not always true, though. A lot of the money coming into private equity is from something called HNWI. What is that, Leilani? HNWI. I've never heard that. HNWI. Mm. Wealthy individuals, WI. Yes. High net, high net wealthy individuals. Right. <laughs> that's like it. That's good. You, you made it quite yeah. quick. So high net wealthy individuals, they are like a lot of them, and of the of the, the billionaires, high, the billionaires, yeah. the billion more of the you mean most sixty percent of the world's HNWI people that live in the U.S., Japan, Germany, and China, hmm. and that little group, mm -hmm. the the money they they are sitting on grew eleven percent in twenty nineteen. Right. So these extremely rich people became 11% richer in mm -hmm. 2019. How was your, how was your money doing <laughs> in 2019? You know, it's like... It's, I, it's, was, it's, I was on a fellowship in 2019, just mm. as I am in 2020. So 
you know, I can't complain, but I'm not an individual of high net worth. That's the other term I, I've heard, individual of high net worth, that mm. they invest in private equity. But small scale people with, you know, like millionaires, I think don't invest in, I don't think they're considered individuals of high net worth. No. So they're not in giving their money over to private equity. But then the, I'm not sure about this. You said that private equity invests in private companies, but I understand that they create these real estate investment trusts. But I guess those real estate investment trusts, another term. Mm-hmm. They are the REITs. The REITs. I guess the REITs. those are private, not public, but I thought mm. they had shareholders. So, so dear know. listeners out there, <laughs> this will be a funky podcast because we, are, we will be skating around uh this this world word of words of of funny language and sometimes they even call it dry powder blackstone talks about dry powder yeah it sounds like it's like a pirate ship coming full of of you know, dynamite something isn't mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that's a new term for me i only learned it since the pandemic mm-hmm. and it's because we you and i have been watching what are the big private equity is going to do. And what we're learning is that they are sitting on this so-called dry powder. It's basically money that needs to be invested. Mm. Right? Isn't it? I mean, last week or in, in, in a podcast, we had uh, the amazing writer Aaron Glantz, uh, the, writer, yes. the writer of Home Records, And he told us about, and we talked about all that dry powder. It will be used at the moment where a lot of people are losing their homes because they are all interested in undervaluated properties, undervaluated assets. Oh, assets. What is an (laughs) asset? (laughs) What is an asset, Leilani? Well, in my world, an asset is what I would call a home normally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in their world, it's a single family dwelling it's a it's a piece of property that's what it is piece of property let's just call but it that. Be, a gold mine can be an asset couldn't it true but in yeah. i mean i'm talking in my world the assets that i'm focused on yeah is property real estate yeah. assets so office buildings apartment buildings hotels motels um single family yeah. homes that's assets for them those are all and assets for them yeah and for them and their and their investors they don't view it as an asset for the end user, for mm. the tenant. And they are now sitting on this dry powder to and wait to see if our assets are going to, to suffer. Yes. Well, I, I heard news this morning that Blackstone is sitting on the largest ever real estate debt fund, mm. $8 billion U.S. Dollars, and I assume that's right now dry powder. They didn't refer to it as dry powder. Maybe it's not. I don't know. This fund is called Breeds Four. <laughs> Breeds Four. It's um, yeah. What is it? It's a part of Blackstone Real Estate Debt Strategies. They have twenty-six billion of assets under management. So, and then of course. Blackstone Real Estate has a total of 167 billion of investor capital. And yes. I'm reading now from a press release from Blackstone. So this is a new eight billion dollars that's going to be added to the 167 billion un- under management at the moment, right? Yeah. And this Breads Four is then uh, a fund that has a funny name, 
and and that funny fund can then these high net wealthy individuals buy into or uh, pension funds or others buy into that that fund and and they want their money to grow and so yeah so they they don't really know what they're buying into they know it's it probably is could be somebody's home or so on, yeah. You know what I heard last week? I was speaking, I've been trying to speak to experts in the area of financialization, not necessarily housing and financialization, but just financialization. And someone told me last week that they actually cannot tell their investors where the money is being invested. They're not allowed to? Yes. What? Oh, so it means, because there are the pension funds, they have asset managers. That's what right. is an asset manager, Leilani? You met some of them. You met them in Korea, I know. We yeah. shot that in the film. Yeah. Well, that was such an interesting interview, actually, in the film, because it was the first time I'd spoken to a pension fund. And what, what they told me was um, they had been instructed by their national-level government to get a better return on their investments, that they weren't doing well enough for pensioners in Korea and South Korea. And so they you know, started scanning around and decided that they should put, give their money to a private equity firm that would be investing in what they call, another term, alternative asset class. So alternative assets are... Um, not stock, as I understand it, not stocks and bonds and the more usual assets. Uh, and so they said that they had approached Blackstone and given them their money, but that they didn't know where their money was being invested, only that Blackstone was investing it on their behalf. So now I understand that they aren't told by Blackstone or other private equities where the money's going. That sounds pretty bad to me. I mean, in the environmental world, would we allow that? No, I. I mean, I. You know, I don't really have any money and any savings. But if the, the small stuff money I have, I would prefer that it goes to make the world better. Yeah. And I would, I. I could happily accept a smaller return on on that investment. I don't even see it as an investment. I see it as a, as a saving, you know, right. yeah. you know, and I, and I want that money to be a part of, of building a better world. But don't you, and don't you want to know exactly where your money is going? Like, I'm not going to, if I had money to invest, I'm not going to hand it over to someone to invest. And then I find out that it's being invested in evicting people or in arms trade or arms manufacturing or burning down amazonas yeah, yeah. i don't i want to know exactly where my investment is going i would think pension funds would want to and know do too. you do you know do i know do where i my know in- yeah. yeah i don't i mean it's i i i've actually been in fight with my bank to because they were they're they so-called sustainable funds were also into the soya business in oh, in Brazil, and I said, "Fuck, sorry, oh are we allowed to have swear words <laughs> no, in this you're podcast?" Not. Well, I think we have to declare it in our. Uh, Is it in our blurb? Yeah, we have to say there are oh. swear words. Yeah. Is that okay. because of uh, of the America who is such a controller of free be... speech? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how are we doing now? We are we are we've talked about financialization dry powder there's something called security i i love this sign i will show it here oh, yeah. for you okay security. security 
the state of being free of danger or threat. That's how we know. That's the word security. Yes. But a security is also a tradable financial asset. Yeah. So what is a tradable financial asset? Is that a house? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, it could be. I guess so. Because you can, you can then you know have what? that. Well, and there's, there's security, a security, and then there's securitization. And that's where you You're get the expert, a loan, remember? <laughs> trying to be an expert. Yeah. It's where you get a loan and then you have to secure it against something. It's like, I think a bit like collateral maybe. So if, you, if I have a home, I could secure a loan against my home. Yeah. If I don't pay off the loan, then my home could be taken over by the bank and sold. I guess yeah. that's how it works. So it's... That in that sense, the security is like the opposite of security. The state <laughs> of being free of danger or threat, but you put your home as a security and then you're fucked. Oh, we've already been there. Uh, then, you're, then you have yeah. some troubles. No? Yeah, isn't that right? Yeah, so security is like a scary thing and it's a good thing. Uh, right. But in, in the financial lingo, security is something that makes people's lives suck, basically. Yeah, isn't it? I guess so. Am I wrong Mor or am I just being, well, being I'm, Swedish? Now I'm thinking about, well, you know, I wouldn't want to weigh in on that, but <laughs> mortgage-backed securities. So that's what I think I described. It was a mortgage-backed security where you're using mm. the mortgage of my home Oh, I don't know. You know what? We yeah. will have a lot of emails coming now to pushback at wgfilm.se. A lot of emails complaining about the low level of knowledge of mm -hmm. this financial sector that employs so many people. It's actually a big industry and there are a lot of honorable people working in the financial industry. And now we are not paying them respect. Oh, you think people will complain about that? Yes, because we, we uh, you know, you have been a special rapporteur for six years. I've done a film. We worked on this for four years. And I, I have problems explaining stuff. You yeah. Know? Well, I'm hoping other people will write in and help us to understand. That's the... I'm now going a little deeper this this year. I'm spending some time going a little deeper to better understand not just the terms, but their impact and how they how the terms actually function uh, in terms of housing so that I can then develop a set of guidelines to curb this and make sure mm. uh, people's human rights aren't violated. So there are, I mean, there, there is also a counter language we must, we must say. Mm -hmm. So I just mentioned vulture fund. Mm -hmm. That is not something they would use. They wouldn't call themselves vultures. No. But why... Why do Aaron Glantz and you and others call these people vultures? Mm -hmm. I love that term. I mean, what do vultures do? They prey on the weak. Mm. <laughs> so they survey. Vultures fly over landscapes. And they're, they're looking and looking for their prey. And then when they find it, they go in, they seize it, and they're merciless. So that is what these funds do. I heard someone saying the other day on a podcast, I think, that they use technology, some of these funds, and they are scanning real estate markets around the world 
every 30 seconds for fluctuations, changes to determine, oh, I think it was actually in a podcast that Aaron Glantz, Homewreckers author, mm. uh, was uh, in. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're constantly scanning and surveying just like vultures. Yeah, and I, and I, I actually, I'm quite certain that the Blackstone and other of these big players, they, their knowledge about what's, what's going on in the economy around the planet is, is much larger than, larger than any government. They, they have ways of, of, of sensing what's cooking. That's why they're also being able to go stronger out of any financial crisis. I mean, in mm -hmm. 2008, they, were all, they, they sold off a lot of stuff in 2007. And then they waited until 2011, 2012 to enter right. big time with a lot of dry powder. That's also right. that time. And then, I mean, Blackstone is so much bigger now than they were before. And of course, this time, the pandemic crisis. And as Aaron Glantz also talked about that, still not time to shop the big stuff because mm. when people, normal working class people, working people, when they can't pay their mortgages, then it's the time to buy their undervaluated assets. That's right. That's right. It's scary. And, and mm. this is something we should talk about. I mean, because we need our elected politicians. Uh, we need the journalists to stand up and talk about this, to, to defend, because what they're doing with their financial lingo is actually explaining stuff. Uh, in a way, so they are the only ones who can talk about it. Actually, I'm going to have show you a little clip from the film uh, where our dear friend Saskia Sassen talks a little bit about these issues. So let's listen to Saskia. The value of all real estate that functions as an asset is $217 trillion. That's more than global GDP of all the countries in the world, of all the economies in the world. So you know that you're dealing with something that exits the domain of what we would call money. They're highly camouflaged extractions because they come in the shape of extraordinarily complex instruments that nobody who's not in that business can understand. The political classes, instead of doing their homework and saying, aha, we have left traditional banking, we could all understand that, something else has happened. It's so complex that we delegate to the experts. Who are the experts? It's the financial sector itself. Mm. So the only people who can speak that language are the ones the governments are, are hiring. And then they are delivering back to the same sector. Uh, that's, I mean, it's really, really scary. And also Aaron Glantz talked about that in that podcast we made with him about this Mnuchin. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, who used to own a bank and was very much involved in foreclosures during the global financial crisis out in California. He, he, he got the bank from free from the government. Yeah. And then he made at least 3.4 billion dollars out of that business and now and then he was awarded with getting into Trump's government yeah in a very very powerful position treasury secretary and now he's in charge of giving out all the bailout dollars he's now printing money for his own friends 
But I I think that self-referential stuff that Saskia talks about, one, I find very helpful for someone like me as, you know, I'm just, I'm just a human rights lawyer and I found myself in this financial world and I often feel like inadequate, inadequate, incompetent, um, ignorant, um, but that is intentional. I mean, people like me are not meant to be in that world. Uh, and it, I derive some comfort from it when I'm starting to feel really stupid. It's like, okay, wait, this is because they speak a different language. They have created an insular world that they don't want penetrated by people like me. So it's okay. And I remember Saskia saying that to me, like, so where does it break down for you? And, you know, I said, I don't know, something. And then she's like, yeah, that's exactly where they want it to break down for you because they don't want you in. Um, and I, I mean, I feel that all the time. Every time I read a press release from Blackstone, they're not speaking to me, right? They're speaking to their their community. Asset managers. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a story on Bloomberg's oh, yeah. about our friend's the oat milk producers, Oatly, oh, my yes. friends here in Malmo, mm-hmm. and they're considering an IPO. Another good term. What is an IPO? An initial public offering. And you know who else is seeking an IPO of relevance? Airbnb. Airbnb. Mm, That's right. right. And so the question is to me, well, what, who cares about an IPO? We, he- we used to hear about IPOs and startups all the time, right? Mm. Facebook and et cetera. And now I don't totally know, I don't totally get it all, but I think there's a way in which an IPO can be good because when you take a company from private to public, there's more accountability, I think, right? There's accountability to the shareholders, at least, um, and you're now a public company, which means I think your books have to be more open. So I think that's good. But then you also enter into the logic of of growth. Exactly. Of, of, I mean, the share Oatly invited Blackstone into their business, and mm. and now there will be an IPO. It's there. It's they think the valuation is much as five billion dollars, and of course uh, the idea is to to make that make it worth as much as possible because that means that Blackstone's investment of two hundred million dollars into Oatly will grow really quick so they can exit does it also mean that the shares are more expensive so then they generate more capital yeah yeah Yeah. and of course then when it when it's then listed it can they can go up they can go down but it's like but the whole idea of blackstone is that they because you become a part of the blackstone family you know and with all the blackstone companies who can help each other to pump up the values so they can all exit with a, a bunch of money. Yeah. But it's in, interesting in this, in this uh, Bloomberg story is they mentioned three names. And it's not Blackstone. Oh. It's Oprah Winfrey, oh, yes. JC, Natalie Portman. So they are still selling this story, the IPO yes. with famous people. Yes, it's I not, noticed that. It's not really honest, is it? No, it's not. And it's, that's, that's a purposeful omission, for but sure. That's something they sell to us, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. To the public. So to the public, we are selling famous people. To the, to the asset managers, they have a different lingo. Exactly. So we are the stupid guys. Yeah. Oatly, we are disappointed. 
very disappointed. One of the things I'm looking at, and and others are certainly looking at this, I'm looking at it from a human rights point of view, others are looking at it from other vantage points, but there's a big movement to challenge the IPO of Airbnb. Um, this, this, uh, these organizations like Fairbnb, there's a big uh, um, movement in Toronto, but many other cities, they've come together, they wrote a letter to the Securities Exchange Commission, Securities um, Exchange Commission. Is that something in Canada? No, it's in the States. Okay, so if it was Canadian, they would have funny hats, I was thinking of, but it's not. <laughs> but Maybe no. there's a Canadian Securities Exchange Commission. <laughs> okay, with uh, funny hats. With funny hats and red yeah. red suits of some sort. Yeah, if it was uh, the British, they would have uh, wigs, wouldn't they? <laughs> that's right, that's right. And you funny see? ties. Yeah, funny ties, uh, yeah. The, so the question is, can anyone influence... How can we influence this IPO process? People are trying to weigh in. I I guess to either I guess it's to change the valuation of Airbnb, and to be very honest in the description of the company when it goes public. So I guess you have to, um, when it goes public, you have to sort of disclose the weaknesses. Mm. And so they want it to be reflected that many communities, cities and city governments around the world are regulating this. It's not going to be that profitable. Um, there's resistance, you know, et cetera. I think it's really interesting. And that's really cool because that's yeah. something they will not like. You exactly. know, these guys, they it's want a pushback. It's the pushback. And we love pushback. That's actually yeah, our expression, pushback. A lot of <laughs> other people also. But we, I think this is pushback talks. Yeah. Leilani Farah, that's the me. hero of Push the Film. You can go to push the film website and watch the film. You can see Leilani. Uh, before, when I was in school, you could see the film backwards. I don't know if you can do that with this one, but it would be fun. You know, <laughs> see you walk backwards. No, sorry, it's a bad joke. I'm a little <laughs> bit tired today, but it's it's probably okay. So there is an another word that they don't really use so much. It's called eviction. Mm. Because that's, they, that's in my world. That's my that, world. That's in your world. Yeah, because. What or would they call? What would they call that? You know, Frederick. Maybe it's a word that spans the world. The, wor- the worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe they would just call it displacement. I don't know what they what they call it when they try to remove tenants so that they can increase the rents. I think they talk about renew. Oh something. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, regeneration and the, of the units or something. Yeah, they talk and, about and, the unit, not the people. And, and development. Yeah, that's right. Development. And of course, uh, as Achelius, the, the, the Swedish Bahamas-based uh, housing company that you mm-hmm. made a report on, they would call it building luxury units. Yes. Like they, it's their, they're mati- making houses into a, a better market. to, a, mm-hmm. to the, market. You know, yeah, to a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, so they want to be the Rolls Royces of... So some people drive in small cars, some people can afford a bigger car, mm-hmm. and Achilles want to provide for the people who can ride a bigger car. Mm-hmm. It's, of course, all a lie, uh, because they are actually the same apartments. They will just put in some stupid stuff so they can, they can push the rents up. But this is like, and that's, that's also part of the, the language. They will never say that we are going to kick people out um, or push people out. Upgrading that's also, units. Push is also, actually, that's also our language. And I think there's been some success with when we've been out with a film. Push is one of those people talk about 
being pushed out Absolutely. and the push factor. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe the most important thing is housing is a human right. That's what you say all the time. That's my language. Oh, now That's I feel comfortable. I'm relaxed now. My shoulders went down. Yes. <laughs> That's good. But housing, isn't that a boring word? Oh, it's the most boring word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you talk housing, everyone thinks of a construction site, buildings mm. and hard hats and housing is boring. But human rights is not. A home is a human right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A safe home. Yeah. In fact, I've been working with some cities here in Canada, and that's the language they preferred. So they, they've started a pretty amazing little working group, 12 cities, and they're calling it the Right to Home Working Group. I like it. I think mm. it's okay. It's not strictly with the law, but we know what they mean, and, and I like it. It resonates with people. You feel The minute you hear the word home, you start feeling like you're going to have a cup of tea and you have a cozy blanket. Okay, I live in the north. <laughs> <laughs> you need the cozy blankets. That's but right. But it's good to know, Leilani, that we actually have listeners in 85 countries. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, it means that there is a need of a pushback in many countries, and there's also need to a need to understand what's going on. But I mean, when when Blackstone describes themselves, it's also um, they are everywhere. So it's like it's um, it's probably totally the the pushback and the push is existing all over the planet. Mm -hmm. But you know, part of the pushback, which is why I was so happy to do this episode of our pushback talks podcast part of the pushback is we have to start feeling less self-conscious about not understanding their language but still trying to use it we have to start feeling more comfortable moving into their world and and that requires us to try to understand the best that we can the language the concepts but most importantly from a human rights side the impact if we for me i always have been driven by the impact maybe i don't understand all the financial structures and those words etc but i know when someone's living in an apartment and they're telling me through tears that they don't know how they're going to pay their rent because it's been increased by 30% overnight. I know that's a human rights violation there. It's presented to me. Mm. And so if we keep those things as our starting point, but uh, but allow ourselves the courage to enter a different world, then we're pushing back too. It's been nice to talk to you again, Leilani. I think we, we're we doing fine, don't we, in, in this pushback talks. And yeah. um, to friends out there, uh, we have something called Patreon. So we can actually come in and, and support this uh, podcast because we do this totally no low, no, not, not low budget, no budget. No, no budget. So, and so you can, you can sign in and you can send us $5 and you will be a friend forever. And we need a lot of friends. And we also need friends who help us to promote the podcast, meaning telling your friends and you know posting on, posting and commenting on uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Insta, and so on, and LinkedIn, and you know to tell your friends about the podcast because uh, without money, it's it's harder to get out. But we we still ha we have an audience, and we are happy for that. And mm -hmm. and keep writing to us on on Twitter and Facebook, and also you can also email pushback at wgfilm.se 
Leilani, anything, yeah. any closing words from you? Yeah, here's my closing words. This is what my yoga instructor said this morning. She mm -hmm. said, the more love you give, the more love you get. Oh, was that That's to me? That's pretty nice. Yes, was that to, to me? You. Actually, it's really to our potential Patreon givers. <laughs> Good. But to you too, Frederick. Yeah. So all the love. All of I mean, all friends out there who we don't know by name, we can actually see if you support us or not. <laughs> so it's like it's uh, it's time to step in. We need the energy, and because it's it's also love, and and love makes us stronger. And we have to be strong because we are, f we are up against a very mighty enemy. And if you have a mighty enemy, you need many friends. I love that. Leilani, walk the dog. Or you had a keynote sp speak somewhere. I have, a, I have a keynote speech in 20 minutes. Oh my God, you have to hurry up. Put my head down, prepare. Put, okay, good. Thank you very much and see. talk soon. Ciao. Bye, Frederick.